I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. In this podcast, we talk about the joys of motherhood as well as the experiences that have altered us along the way. We've created a safe space to talk about the hard and unconventional alongside the beauty, and we want you to feel confident in the decisions that you make as a mother. Welcome to the Motherhood Collective Co. Let's talk. Welcome back to the Motherhood Collective. Uh, We are starting our new series. So we've moved on from birth trauma and we are starting um, Raising Kids Without Shame, which we're both really excited about. And today we're talking a little bit about kids and social media. Um, And we both have different insights because I don't come from someone who's an influencer. Jessie has a lot of followers on her page. And so I think we both have different but very important insights into this topic and I'm really excited yeah. to start and I think our insights have maybe both changed a little bit and they will the continue to months. change yes and we'll continue <laughs> as social media and technology yeah. evolves yeah this is all new like this is not something any generations had to really deal with before so we're yeah. kind of learning as we go and it takes like 30 40 years for you know the government to step in and put safety marks on things yes. so that's why I think this is such a really important topic mm-hmm. and I'm super excited to start. yes and this is one of those things I really want to preface with um this is such a personal conviction and there is not something that you can acquire for yourself and then turn around and portray it to the world and say this is the only way and the best way and if you do it differently then um, I'm drawing conclusions about your parenting. Yeah. So I just want to say I was um, in one place for several years. And now within the last couple months, I'm in another place. And it was only through a very personal conviction. And I didn't have that conviction for a long time. And I don't think that um, everybody will will feel similarly and I I just want to make sure that's okay yeah and we say this like literally every episode (laughs) but we want to make sure that it's like drilled into your head Mm -hmm. that you are given god-given intuition and dominion over your own family and what is right for our family might not be right for your family and vice versa and that's totally fine we're not judging you and Mm -hmm. your decisions that you make and we hope that you give us the same grace that's I mean that's the last thing we want to be is another judgmental (laughs) mom in the world of judgmental moms we definitely want to arm (laughs) you with information because I think that you can't it's hard to form like a really solid opinion or a really solid plan without hearing a lot of sides to one story. So we hope that this is a different side for you and that it does some good for your decisions. Yes. Um, so I had listened to a podcast from Risen Motherhood. Have you heard of them before? No. Yeah. I read their book and I found out they had a podcast and I was on a hike with my dogs and I just popped on a random episode And they were talking about social media and kids. And it had just not been something I had given a lot of thought to. Um, But they shared a couple of really interesting statistics that I'll share in a minute. And a lot of the information that I acquired um, and that'll be in this episode and things that have formed my opinion since then have come from this episode. So I just want to um, credit them. And then if you want the original of what kind of where we're getting a lot of this from, I'd be happy to point you guys in that direction. Um, but they had said 92% of two-year-olds have an online presence. That's kind of crazy because when I post a picture of my two-year-old, I don't think about this is his online presence. Right. So it's really nice to hear someone give you that yeah. different way of looking at it. Right. And then when you hear it like that, it's kind of scary. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. Two-year-olds. Um, and then they had also said that one third of babies are posted within the first two weeks of their birth, yeah. which I honestly thought was low. Um, yeah, I I don't know. But then it's like 
one third of the world, maybe. Well, and also I think that both of us, we follow a lot of moms on social media. So we see their, you know, that's what they post is about Mm -hmm. their children and their journey. So, yeah. And I, I think it's, um, it's a good thing to also preface. Both of us have pictures of our children online. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it's okay to want to share your child online. Um, I think that this just needs to become a growing conversation over how, much technology has advanced in the Mm -hmm. time since when we were little till now. Um, We're really the first generation to have to navigate this. And I think conversations should take place. Yeah. Um, So that's kind of what we're doing right now. I think we just need to start thinking a little bit more deeply about social media. Yeah. And I think the only thing I thought of when um, I became a mother was like, I don't want someone to be nasty with the pictures of my Mm -hmm. child in terms of, I don't know, you hear like, even when I was a kid, like child pornography is a thing. So, but we're talking about a lot of different things than that today, which Mm -hmm. that is also a concern, but, um, I just wanted to point that out because keep listening. There's more than just like creepy stalkers online. I know. I know. And I think it's important to also say that there are different circumstances, kind of like what you said. There are people who have these private personal accounts Mm -hmm. who just have immediate friends and family following it. Um, and it's, and it's private and no one can come and view it. And then there are people who have millions of followers who are making six, seven figures off of their children. Mm -hmm. Um, and there's all the people in between people who maybe just post their kids a couple times a year, people who are giving play by plays of how their days are going with their kids and how Mm -hmm. old they are and their favorite activities and where they're going to school. So it's good to see it from that perspective too. It's not going to be the same answer for everybody. Yeah, exactly. Everybody's circumstances are completely different. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's also a group of people who are kind of just like, okay, I think everyone needs to relax. Like (laughs) we live in a digital world and this is going to happen. And, um, our kids are going to be posted online. And that's where I was for a long time. I was thinking these people are kind of crazy that are saying, I'm never going to post my kids online or I'm posting, um, an emoji over their faces. Um, I did not understand that. And I was just kind of thinking, this feels like living in fear. This feels a little extreme. I don't get it. Well, and I think when we're posting our children, we have such good intentions. Like we're not trying to show them in a bad light. We just want everyone to see how beautiful they are and how much they like bring joy to us. So I think when we have that mindset going into it, and that's the only mindset we have, it is hard to see why people aren't sharing their children online. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I was coming from initially. I was thinking, okay, well, I'm not making any money off of my daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't care if her pictures even get no likes. I'm never looking at the likes that her pictures get. I'm just so proud of her and she's so precious to me and I want people to know mm-hmm. kind of where my joy is coming mm-hmm. from. That's my my heart felt so pure like you were saying my intentions felt clear. It didn't make sense for me why I would stop doing that mm-hmm. for a long yeah. time. A lot of moms of like teenagers on Instagram where their pictures even though their children aren't on, so aren't on social media, their pictures are being used. Have you heard of like deep fake? No. It's like an AI technology where they can put their face in a porn video. Oh. So that is also like something gosh. that I that's been brought to my attention in the last couple of weeks. So you have these moms who mm. are protecting their children. They're not on social media, but then this video starts mm. circulating and it is intensely scary. So mm. that's something to think that's about. That's terrifying. That is something to think yeah, about. Yeah, and there is um, a growing push for legislation surrounding this right now. Mm-hmm. So um, there's questions of child labor, um, questions of consent, questions of exploitation, and that is being slowly worked into the law as we speak. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said earlier, it takes a really long time for the government to kind of catch up. 
Uh, I was just talking to Brady about this last night. Actually, it's so funny. It's not funny. It's so <laughs> confusing to me why, you know, when someone turns 75, 80, we start taking their licenses away. We hmm. we put them in nursing homes. Yet they're the people that are making the leg- legislation for our children right now. Um, and I don't know if those people quite have a very good understanding of social media and what it can do to our children. So that's why I think there's such a big lag and why in 30 years we might start hearing some actual conversations about mm. this. But I don't know if it will be a very fast thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I know that something that kind of started to worry me was a mom on TikTok who got um, a lot of attention recently. Her daughter was getting... Um, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of shares and saves on her videos of her just being a kid, um, trying on clothes, eating snacks at a carnival. And there was a lot of question over where were those saves and who were they from? And um, there were people doing some deep dives on that. And it was it turned out to be very inappropriate um, what was happening with her videos and her account was blowing up for the wrong reasons. And when I it kind of started opening my eyes to you don't even need to be posting your child shirtless. You don't need to be posting them doing anything inappropriate um, for something like that to transpire. Absolutely. So there's also this notion that people are making a lot of money off of their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some really famous family vloggers in this um, generation right now is the first generation of grown children from that first like mommy blogger era mm-hmm. and they're grown and they are teens preteens and they're starting to speak out about how they felt about their childhood being documented online so interesting so that was something that started to kind of move me too was how is this going to impact sunny when she's older mm-hmm. and she looks back and her face is documented throughout her entire life to an audience of people that I cannot control. Yeah. It started to just kind of hit me in a different light. Like we need to be focused on our adult relationships with our children, even now. Like how is that going to transpire someday? Which leads me to my next point of we need to treat our children like we would want to be treated. Yeah. And we don't really know how we would want to be treated in that situation because we didn't have to go through that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I didn't get my first cell phone until I was in seventh grade and it was a flip phone, right? Like this is not something we had to deal with. Facebook, Instagram, none of that. I didn't have any of that until college. Me too. So that's when it kind of came out. This is completely new territory. So I think it is so important that we're having this conversation and that people are listening with open hearts. I agree. Um, And something about like treating our children the way that we'd want to be treated. We need to be mindful, like you said, that if we don't know how something's going to impact them, we really need to proceed with caution. Mm -hmm. I would venture to bet that it's, it's just safer to say, I'm going to lean on the side of protection over assumption that you're going to be okay with this someday. Yeah. And I think we handle a lot of situations like that when it comes to our money, when it comes to our marriage, like you want to be safe rather than sorry but that's not what we're seeing with the majority of people online right now yeah and I think also just you know trying to be prudent live quiet lives and not not document every single thing um just have that you know bond of trust and family dynamic that just remains a little bit more private um do you know what is interesting I saw a post the other day I saw a post on Instagram. (laughs) I saw a post on Instagram the other day and it was talking about 
Our generation is so nostalgic, us um, millennials, like the later millennials. We were born in the 90s. Oh, I feel that. We are so nostalgic for our childhood because we were playing outside. We were, you know, our parents were in the kitchen cooking dinner. Or they were taking us to activities. And we talk about how nostalgic we are for it. Yet, as a generation, I don't know if we're doing a very good job reproducing that for our children. Mm. Like, if we're going to talk about it so much and have such fond memories, why wouldn't we try to reproduce that kind of internet-free type of life Mm. for our children? Yeah. I think there is a lot of conviction and push towards that. I've seen seen a lot of... um, at least my friends, you know, that are moms kind of say like, how do we reproduce that? And how, in asking those questions of like, we live in a technology driven mm-hmm. world. How can we go backwards? Yeah. And I don't know that we can, but I think that there can be a lot of boundaries put in place to make sure that we preserve that. And I think that's a really good point. Yeah. hundred um, percent. We did have really good childhoods in that sense. Um, and I think that we're also just called to raise countercultural kids. And and right now, when kids are asked what they want to be someday, it is not an astronaut or a doctor or a lawyer. It's a TikTok star yeah. or a YouTube famous YouTuber. And that has become the epitome of success. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. Yeah. And it's funny. Not funny, but it makes me think of like... Um, I don't know. I have this conversation with my husband when all little kids want to do is like be professional athletes or they think that, you know, professional athletes, that's going to be like the way that they get, you know, famous or Mm. rich. And the chance of that actually happening is so minimal. And it's even more minimal, like with social media, because Mm. it's so saturated. It is saturated. And there are people who make a lot of money on that. But I think there's a lot of um, downsides to being mm-hmm. famous on social, any social media platform. I think there's um, there's a lot there that I don't think is as glamorous as it seems. No. Um, so some of the little questions that Risen Motherhood had come up with and then some that I added, um, just some good check-ins of where you're at. And I think it's important to come from a pure place where, like, regardless of what you're doing. And so one of the questions they asked is, why am I sharing pictures of my children online? Um, We kind of touched on this a little bit, but it's an important question to really be honest with yourself about. Um, And even if that answer is pure and honest and, you know, fruitful, there's still there's still more there, still some digging to do. Yeah. And also kind of what we just said, how would we want to be treated if we were in that same scenario? So if our mom was documenting our lives how would we have felt I have this story here and I wanted to share yeah there is so when I was a kid um I don't have a lot of photos of me as a child which I think really pushed me to want to take a lot of photos of mm. my child and there's not a ton of photos of my childhood my mom didn't have like a camera that mm. she brought around because you know now we just have cell phones in our pockets right. but there's this one photo of me and I was at my grandpa's house and I was swimming in the pool and I was probably like two or even younger and I'm on a raft and it's just a picture of my butt my mm. like naked butt <laughs> and my my family loves that and I didn't understand why they love that until I became a mother and became yeah. obsessed with my own child's <laughs> butt but they're so cute but when I was like a child a teenager a young adult and they would pull out that prized photo it was instant shame it was instant Mm. like why that that Mm. felt nasty like I don't really want you talking about my butt Mm. yeah (laughs) now that I'm a mother I think they could pull it out and you know be like oh okay yeah but you know as (laughs) a teenager (laughs) as a teenager that was like mortifying so then that makes me think like will my son be mortified by, Mm. even though I'm not posting pictures of, you know, 
areas that shouldn't be posted online. Um, it's just his face. Or maybe he'll be grossed out by how chubby he was when he was a baby. I don't right. know. Yeah. You know, you don't know how your kids are going to react. We just don't know what we don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't know. Um, another good question is if your kids are old enough, I'm sure Noah and Sunny, they, they might, they might be there. But to ask them, what does mommy love? I think it's a good tell of where kind of your time and your treasures are mm-hmm. are lying. So um, if they're like her phone, you know, TikTok, yeah. <laughs> um, if, if they start saying stuff like that, it's kind of just a good reminder of yeah. what are we displaying to our kids? What is the most important things? And um, that's kind of just like a general technology mm-hmm. boundary check in. Yeah. But I just thought that was an interesting question. Yeah, that is. See what they would say. Everybody should do that when they stop listening we to should, We should see what they say. I know. I'd be curious. I think Sunny would definitely say the dogs. But, um, and then another question is just how can I respect, love, and care for them in a way that they are unable to do for themselves mm-hmm. right now? So that's what we are called to be is their protectors. They're, um, they're, I always call it like you're their blueprint for how life is supposed to unfold for them. Mm-hmm. And so just kind of, you know, what, what does that look like when it comes to social media? Mm-hmm. What does protection look like? What does care look like? What does love look like? Um, you know, I, I had kind of decided when Sunny was born that I didn't feel comfortable posting anything about her online that shed her in a negative light. Yeah. And I actually got some backlash for this because I was not seen as authentic or um, relatable. Yeah. People need to get off that. Instagram is a highlight reel. You cannot expect people to post their dirty laundry online. And, and it felt different. Like it felt, I will, I'm open to share what I'm struggling with. Yeah, right. But when exactly. you have a husband and when you have children, it's different. It's their stuff. It's their voice. Just, it's for, their life. Yeah. You're taking away from them. I felt protective. And, and I think some people thought I was a little extreme because I said, I'm not going to post any tantrums. You're never going to know if she gets sick. I didn't even want to post like Sunny's so sick right now, or she's teething, she's been up all night, yeah. or um, she's been really whiny or really clingy or whatever, fill in the blank. I didn't want to post anything like that. So I was like, how can I create this space? I was thinking even when she was just born, how can I create this space um, to be so safe for her that if she was laying in her college dorm someday, and this would always be in my head, she's laying in her college dorm, she's struggling to know like who she is. And of course, I hope that she turns to the Lord in that. But I was like, I hope she comes across my Instagram page and reads the things that I wrote about her yeah. when she was little. And I hope that she sees herself through the lens of like just precious yeah. and so um, joyful and and just bringing nothing but light into my life. Yeah. Um, and that was just really important to me. Yeah. No, I have that exact same conviction because I can't tell you. Now, if you have a private page and you're sharing things with your family, that's one thing. But I know a lot of women and parents that post humiliating things about their children online because they think it's funny. Please, I really do urge you, like, think Mm -hmm. about what a very sensitive and hormonal teenager is going to think about that being online of them someday, of them screaming, of them crying, of them, you know, toddlers are not always rational. Or of moms even asking, like, why did I have kids? Calling their kids names. I I have so many videos shared on or saved to my phone that I was almost using as like, because people were like, people don't do that with their kids. People are saying, I'm like, they do. People say horrible things about their children online. 
And it's there forever. Yeah. And I've seen moms straight up say, um, remind me why I had kids again. Yeah. Or, or like I, there was this trend a while back that was like, I love my kid, but I miss her. And it was like yes. all these videos oh. and photos of like who you were before you had a child. Yes. And, and I I'm think like, we gosh. instantly connected on that because yeah. like who we became after we had children is it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You became a mother. You stepped up into motherhood. Yeah. It is not it is just not something to be treated that way. Yeah. Motherhood is sacred. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful. It is amazing. It's mm-hmm. magic. Yeah. And to bash motherhood online, other mothers are seeing that one. Mm-hmm. And your family's seeing that. Mm-hmm. And your children could see that someday. Yeah. That like almost makes me want to cry. I'm pregnant and hormonal. <laughs> it makes me so sad. No, it does make me really sad. <laughs> and I kind of started thinking too about just how I operate in my memories. I'm a very nostalgic girl. Yes. And I do have a, I have this way of like romanticizing the past. Mm-hmm. So I can like look back and like only see good things, yeah. right? So it's really hard for me to look back and see where things were really hard or difficult or treacherous. And so I was thinking like even forward thinking for myself, like when Sunny's in college someday and I'm laying in my bed looking at baby photos of her and I just like miss her and all this stuff. Um, I'm not going to be remembering the nights where I didn't sleep. I'm not going to be remembering the times where she needed a lot of hugs and I'm like, I am trying to make dinner or whatever it was. And so I'm even setting myself up for success in that way of like, I'm not going to document those things. And they're so minuscule in comparison to the good that's coming out of this. And if you're listening and you're in postpartum right now and it's hard because postpartum is hard, our bodies and our brains, the way they work, um, you really do forget all of that. (laughs) I don't remember what it felt like to be tired waking up every four hours feeding my baby. I don't remember what it felt like to be frustrated and confused in the middle of the night. Like I can look back and think, okay, yeah, I know I was that way, but I can't remember it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember all of the wonderful things about motherhood. So I hope yeah. that is encouraging if you are postpartum and listening to this. Yeah. Um, so that's some of the information I came across. And as I was kind of just like praying and thinking about, you know, moving forward, I was like, okay, what can I do now that I'm starting to feel a little uneasy about all of this? Mm-hmm. Um, I started kind of thinking I'm going to I I was using for a long time, I was using Facebook as kind of like a digital photo album. I would kind of admit that I would upload every photo. I didn't care how annoying it was to anyone who was a lot of millennials. This feels like I will always have these photos, you know, like I've had, I've had my phone stolen. I've had pictures taken from me, but Facebook, you know, I know there's iCloud and all that stuff, but I've used Facebook as a digital photo album. And I said, okay, I'm going to go online. I I have a photo album, literally Sunny Lou on there. Mm -hmm. And I, I edited the privacy to be only people who are immediate friends and family. Um, Just who are the people that Sunny knows, she sees often, that I trust. It felt like a really good group of people. And then I went on to my Instagram and I started, um, I made a close friends list, which Mm -hmm. I had never done before with probably probably the exact same people um, who can see occasional videos or photos I'll post of Sunny on my Instagram story. Um, I didn't go through my entire Instagram and delete every picture of Sunny's face. Something actually kind of changed when she turned two for me. I felt like these baby photos are so, um, vague in comparison to what she's going to look like someday. I I didn't feel like I needed to go back and delete things. I felt more conviction about moving forward. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. she's kind of a tiny woman now. She's starting to like, look like how she's going to look. I just started taking photos of her not looking at the camera. Um, From the back, she just looks like any other little two-year-old with blonde pigtails. And 
I want it that way. Yeah. I, I think um, to, sh- to not share her face holds a lot of privacy and protection mm-hmm. in my eyes. So I, I kind of just decided to do that. Yeah. And then in turn, what I found is that it kind of leaves space for, because I'm a writer, so all of my stuff online is poems, essentially, or writings. And it kind of felt like it left space for people to fill in the gaps um, and make it more of a personal story. So it's I like... I absolutely love that. I already told you that. But yeah. I absolutely love that. It's like giving people the room to be creative themselves yeah. and to relate more mm-hmm. because yeah, they're like sticking their you, own child's face yes. in. <laughs> so if, if, you, if you read this poem and it's like so relatable or this story or this writing, it's so relatable, but then there's a picture of someone's child on there. Mm-hmm. You're like, am I going to share this to my story? Yeah. Do I want to... It doesn't, I know that's about them, mm-hmm. but then if you just see like these two little toddler hands and that's all you see and it's like, oh, those yeah. are my child's toddler hands. This yeah. is my story. I feel this. And it's, it's kind of like this movement of writing that it, it just, it feels like I'm going from, this is a page about me and my family to like here, this is, this is what you might be going mm-hmm. through and here's how you can fit it into your yeah. story. And I think that's really great if anyone's listening that is creative online. That's like, it's just, it's really powerful. I think it's even more powerful than posting your child's adorable face. I, know. <laughs> I do. Yeah. Um, and I had, when I started, um, I, I turned my page public and had this idea that I wanted to like connect with other mothers because that's what I needed to do. I needed to feel connected to other yeah. moms. But I, I went through kind of that same thing. I went through before I even turned my page public and I like removed all of the things that I thought were oversharing from my Mm. private page. Like I used to take um, pictures of Noah every month and I would say three months old and I would put all of the things he loves, all of the things he doesn't love. You know what I mean? Like, and I just feel like on a public platform that that was a little too much. So Mm. I definitely made sure that I deleted all of those Mm. or archived them because you can archive them and still have access to those forever. And it's only you that can see them. Um, and then, yeah, I made those similar decisions where I was never going to shed him in a light that wasn't, I don't know, just joyful and sweet and happy. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to see him throw a tantrum. You're not going to see him banging his head off the wall. You're not, yeah. not that he does those things, but right. I'm just saying you're never going to see it because those are the things I was seeing on other, from other mom bloggers. Yeah. And I had that same intuition that I needed to protect him. Yeah. Um, now, I... I stopped sharing things a little over a year ago when I had a, a real go semi-viral. It had nothing to do with my child. It was literally just my face. Hmm. And somebody got on there and started writing something mean about me. And I am so sensitive. And I got my feelings so hurt. And I immediately stopped sharing things on Instagram because it opened my eyes to like, okay, I'm not just sharing this for loving mothers. Other people with bad intentions are going to be seeing this. So I stopped doing like the post photos at that point. I used to just, I had my phone out all day, every day, taking pictures of my kid. And I still do. You just don't see all those pictures. Mm -hmm. Um, and I edited them and I posted them online with, you know, something I wrote about motherhood. And, um, at that point it no longer felt safe to do that. So you'll still see Noah like on my page. I don't have like, I don't have a big following whatsoever. And my goal right now is absolutely to not be like an influencer Mm -hmm. or whatever. I just have this public page Mm -hmm. and I've created a little tiny community of a few Mm -hmm. women that I just love. And so I'll share things like um, Noah in passing. Like if we're at an activity and I record something like, Mm -hmm. and he's in passing. So that's where you'll see my son's face Mm -hmm. on my social. So I'm not so far to where... 
I feel as if I need to totally remove his face completely. Um, Because to me, my Instagram, my social media feels like, I I want it to feel like you walk into my home and you see the, my family photos on the wall, right? These are things I've curated and chose that I... You see what I want you to see and what I'm comfortable with you seeing. Yeah. So like if I have professional family photos, I have a photographer in Denver, Haley Gartner, who I love. and She's so freaking talented. And I just love the way she portrays my family and I. I love her eye. Mm -hmm. And so I'll always... Not always. Right now I feel comfortable sharing Mm -hmm. those types of things, but never sharing him in a light that is less than perfect. (laughs) Right. I know. Yeah. I mean, I think we have to give ourselves permission to, you know, do just what feels comfortable in the moment. And, um, I love that you say Instagram's a highlight reel. Everyone needs to get over it. Instagram's a highlight reel. Instagram And it can be, it can be. And, and something that I kept saying is I don't owe anybody relatability. I don't owe anybody authenticity at the expense of, what I feel is exploiting my daughter by sharing her hard moments with you. Um, If you're my close friend, let's chat hard moments. Let's Mm. chat all of the things that are going to help us get through what we need to get through. Um, That's a safe space with somebody that I know cares about my child and me. And um, it is, it is a scary realization when you have any post go viral. Um, I've had a couple reels with Sunny be seen by millions of people. Mm. And um, that was another thing that kind of opened my eyes. I had shared a reel Sunny was in it. She was not the focus that we, I was, I was sharing about my, um, miscarriages and it got like over 3 million views and it just kind of hit me like, whoa, 3 million people know my story. What does 3 million people even look like in real life? I can't picture that. (laughs) But for me, it almost kind of, it, it bred some regret just in the fact of like, it feels harder to move on from this because now 3 million people know about it and everyone in my life knows about it. And I kind of started to realize like, maybe this is why people don't share about like hard Hard things things. because it's not just about being seen. It's not about at all being seen as perfect or like, I have no interest in making anyone feel perfect. If you're my friend in real life, you've, I'm, I'm always the first one to be like, Hey, let's talk about why my life is not perfect. Let's talk (laughs) about what is hard. Like I will be so real with whoever wants to listen to me. It's not about that. I care about how I'm being portrayed. It's the fact that now I'm trying to move on and heal from that mm-hmm. and it's out there forever. Yeah. And I think we need to just move forward with those, with, with that mindset of, mm-hmm. is this something that I want out there forever? Yeah. Forever. And and you can't control who's seeing it. No. Whereas when you're in a small, I mean, human beings are created, we're, we're tribal, right? So we are actually created for hundreds and thousands of years. We have lived in small communities of like 80 to 150 people. Our brains are wired that way to know what's going on in a small community of a hundred people, give or take a few. We can't control who's seeing this. That is damaging to our psyche. I experienced that when my reel went semi-viral and it's hard to care as well about three million people and their stories. You physically Mm -hmm. can't. That's why like in my house, we don't even watch the news. (laughs) And I know people bash me for that, like that I don't want to know what's going on on the other side of the world. My, my mental state to carry that. (laughs) No, a hundred, 150 people. So I have my small group of friends, my community. If something's going on in my very small community, I want to hear about it outside of that. Not really. And then Mm -hmm. I feel that way when I share too, I want to share the hard things in my life with my small group of people because they care and they love about me. But if I can't control who's seeing the hard things about my life, that's scary. Yeah. 
they don't have skin in the game. They don't care about you the way that, no. you know, so they'll post something in your mean. life. Will. Yeah, <laughs> they might. Um, and I think, you know, we've already talked through some of the reasons that I've made these decisions, but I think another, a, another thing to kind of think about is just analyzing the risk versus the reward, which mm-hmm. is something you need to do in every decision you make in your life. Where are the risks? Where's the reward? I think one of the risks is that once again, the larger your platform is, the higher the risk there is. There's mm-hmm. more exposure. There's more access to people that don't have good intentions. All of the things that we've talked about, the risk increases just based on numbers alone. So analyzing the amount of followers you have is is good in making this decision. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be really helpful because, like I said, um, if if I had 100 followers and they were only people that I loved, I think I'd still post pictures of oh, yeah. her. I wouldn't say I have a huge platform at all, especially compared to what other people have. I would call myself probably like a micro, not even influencer, because I'm not like the here's my shirt and where it came from. But I just want to write and I want people to read my writings and I'm an author and I want people to buy my books. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of the heart behind my my page. But there's also children that are being recognized in public who are social media figures and that is eye-opening. I've actually had my dogs recognized <laughs> in public. Oh, no. So not my daughter. I've had my dogs. And it has happened at a farmer's market. And it mm-hmm. happened at an event in Parker recently. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So someone saying, oh, I saw your dogs. And then I saw your husband. And then I and then I knew it was you. Ooh, so, facts. you know, you see the dogs. You see my yeah. husband's tattoos and his man bun. And then, you know, probably a little Sunny running around. Now, and then it's like, yeah. that's, that's them. Yeah. And so... Just to be mindful of that, I know that I've seen people that I've met online in public just based on like, oh, I know you because I see you online. Yeah. Um, We're doing that to our kids. Yeah. And and we're setting them up for that. One regret, you know, I had after I had Noah, when I had Noah, I had like 400 friends on Instagram and that's what they were. I was a private page. It was like 400 people, Mm -hmm. but I don't know 400 people intimately. Mm -hmm. And I shared my son's full name Mm -hmm. on Instagram Three days after he was born. Yeah. I wish I would have never, as most people do, but I wish I would have never, ever, ever done that. Mm. So something I'll do differently with this pregnancy. And when, when this baby comes around, you might get her first name Yeah, or his first name. We don't know the gender. (laughs) We think it's a girl. (laughs) We think it's a girl. You might get their first name, but I think that we need to be a little bit more careful with the information we're sharing about our children online. You know what I mean? So I think we do need to be careful. And then the other thing that I was thinking about when we were preparing for this episode was we portray our children through our own lens, how we see them. Is that how they want to be seen yeah. 10, 12, 15 years from now? Are they going to want to be seen? Cause I talk about Noah all the time. Like he's my fearless little guy, like mm-hmm. no fear, Noah. We call him no fear, Noah. Is he going to want to be seen that way? You know right. what I mean? Like yeah. in, in 15 years, or is he going to want to be seen as someone highly intelligent and reserved? And so yeah. I, I do have regrets about like sharing my son's personality through my own lens mm. online because I can't take that back now. It's like even the positive labels we can put yeah. on them can follow them and then become like, is this who I have to be? Yeah. I know my mom has always said she was called Halo Head when she was little. So like she has a halo around her head. She's perfect. Oh, She's an angel. Yes. She does no wrong. And <laughs> she was like, yeah, like it's a good label, but it also was like, you know, she's, she's trying to even now like break out of, okay, but I also, I also want to speak my mind. I also want to have boundaries. I, I also want to be perfect. All I, the time. <laughs> I'm also, yeah, that's a incredibly impossible standard yeah. to live up to. And it was bred in good intentions. Right. Yeah. Um, so I love. think even good, um, labels can yeah. be hard. I mean, Long for me, term. I was pretty and smart. 
Yeah. What if I don't want to be pretty and small? Yeah. <laughs> what if I just want to be, you yeah. know, I want to walk out of my house with a messy butt on my head and yeah. I don't feel comfortable doing that right. because for my whole life, mm-hmm. that was kind of what was emphasized about yeah. me. I was very smart. I was very pretty. Yeah. I was strong all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, she's tough. She's strong. She's good. She's got it. I don't worry about her. Yeah. Um, and then... I've kind of shared in my birth story. Okay, now I'm not. Yeah. I'm actually a wreck. What are what are people in my life who've always seen me as tough and strong going to think of me yeah. now? Because I'm the opposite and mm-hmm. I'm a wreck all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and I think when you put those, those, not stereotypes, but when you put those things online, it like solidifies it even more. Also, I, I think we already said this. I just don't want to regret anything. So we don't know what we don't know. Like we've both said multiple times and I just want to err on the side of protecting her and our relationship. As opposed to assuming it'll be okay someday. Mm -hmm. We're called to protect our children. Mm -hmm. Um, And they don't have the understanding to give us permission or consent to be able to say, yeah, like, okay, so maybe your five or seven year old is like, that's okay, mom, you can, you know, but do they understand the long term repercussions? Do they actually understand that once something is out there, it's out there forever? Well, legally, they can't give you consent for something until they're 18. Right. So they need to know what they're saying mm-hmm. yes to, um, which might not be until they're teenagers yeah. or older. We also want to make sure we're protecting. So for me, protecting Sunny's mental health long term trying to set boundaries with social with social media now and eventually hopefully teaching her how to do the same yeah so saying like you can just decide one day i want to have this boundary with social media and then the next day you could Mm -hmm. and just and and stick to it yeah you know have that conviction be free to change your mind and if you were um clicking on this episode hoping to hear something about um like the mental effects social media has on our children uh i don't have too much to say about that other than watch the social dilemma on netflix have you guys watched that i have watched that um, Very it, eye-opening. It does. It talks about uh, it talks about how the algorithm is the, the algorithm's goal is behavior modification and psychological manipulation. So I just want those two words to stick with you, mm-hmm. and I want those two words to push you to watch that documentary because yeah. it'll talk a lot about the way social media affects our children's brains, um, boundaries to set around it, age limits, all of that. So yeah, that's go there. Good. And I just want to wrap this up by saying a few things of what I'm not saying. So I've said like why I'm doing this, what has come of it, the good things, the bad things. Here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that any of this has to matter to you. Or that any of this, what I'm saying, has to draw you into a decision one way or the other. Um, None of what I'm saying right now has to have any bearing on how you choose. to. I I know personally, I felt actually kind of like, I don't know if it was upset or offended, but when other people in my life were making this decision, I was like, hmm, you're judging me because I'm not. Exactly. When someone Mm -hmm. makes a decision that's different than you, I think it's our, it's like natural to feel like, well, they Mm -hmm. obviously think what I'm doing is wrong. Yeah. That's not always the case. Like I almost felt like I need to check in with them to make sure they don't think that I'm a psychopath because if they're not posting their kids, they probably think I'm insane. Um, That's what I'm not saying. I don't think you're crazy. I think that everybody wants the best for their kids at all times. And I think everyone's always making those decisions accordingly. And I'll say it one more time. You have God given intuition over your children. Mm -hmm. Use it. We just simply want to open another way of thinking for you so that you are considering more than one side of the story. Mm -hmm. And if you're still posting pictures of your kids, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to see them. I know. I know. I really am. (laughs) Please do. Like, that's okay. Um, If that's good for you guys. And I'm also not saying that if you don't do this, that you're not protecting your children. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you're any less than if you make another decision. Um, and I'm not saying that if you do post something online, that something bad is going to happen to your child. Um, something that I always try to do is like make every decision based in faith and not fear. If we're making our decisions based in fear, we're doing it all wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So whatever you do, do it in faith. 
I'm doing this in faith of my relationship with Sunny someday. Like I want her, I'm, I, I hope that I'm making the right decision mm-hmm. and that's all that we can ever do. Like we say, we might, we might be wrong and that's okay. But, um, making sure we're not living from a yeah. place of fear. And, and I think that can't dictate your decision. I'm not saying something bad is going to happen to your child. And I'm also not saying that I'm not going to be writing about my child anymore. Like I said, that's still what my page is going to be based on is motherhood. And, um, I'm just having to get a little more creative with how I capture that. And we're always free to change our minds. So if in two years we're doing something totally different than what we're saying right now, give us grace because human beings are allowed to change their mind. Yeah. Um, That's about all that we had for this episode. Um, Whatever you decide to do, you're a good mom. Just like our conclusion on our podcast always says, like our outro, you were created to be the mother of your child. You know um, what the best thing for them is. Yeah, we don't, (laughs) we don't, we don't know your child and we always want to come from a place of support. All right. And the last thing I'm going to ask for you guys, um, we would love for you if you're listening to this podcast right now to just press the little plus sign at the top of your phone, subscribe to us. It helps us get more reach and reach more moms who need our help. Follow us on Instagram at the motherhood collective co. Um, and like I said, our mission and goal is to help other women feel not so alone and have somewhere to turn. Help us do that. <laughs> yeah. And I've been on the other end of a podcast where I'm like, well, I listen to this every day, but I actually have never subscribed to a yeah. podcast. It's easier than you think, right? Yeah. Like, can you Literally, walk them through that? If you're listening on your iPhone, I, most of our subscribers, about 70% listen on Apple Podcasts. Look right now at your phone, the top right corner, there is a plus button. Just tap it. <laughs> Just hit it. And then you're done. <laughs> <laughs> the and reviews will come later. Like yeah. that would mean the world to us. But just if you could it. just start with the plus button, yeah. a quick follow button yeah. on our Instagram page. Perfect. And then some, I know somewhere on Spotify, there's a button that says subscribe or follow. <laughs> Do that as well. <laughs> yeah, you've got this. I promise. <laughs> we appreciate you. We care about you. We are so happy that you stuck with us through another episode. We hope that we have broadened your horizons a little bit so you can make better decisions for your family. See ya. Thank you for listening. And remember that you were chosen to be the mother of your children. And you are exactly where you need to be. See See you you next week. week.